The book dream inside you cannot wait. Never before have so many people questioned, what do I really want to be doing? For a lot of us, that means writing a book. Long-deferred dreams, pandemic pause, and the solitude to make them happen means the time is now. The mechanics of book writing can seem mysterious, but they can be broken down, as can the logistical minefield of getting published. You need skills of the craft, but also practical advice from experts who've navigated the path. What's the arc to becoming an author? The value and peril of agenting, conducive editors, the formats to publish and ways to promote. We'll speak with writers, agents, editors, teachers, coaches, publicists, publishers, resources, and guides to navigate the way for those of us brave enough to bring our story to life. Drop in to your book dream and begin to make it real. And now, here's your host, Diane Dewey. Welcome to Dropping In, everyone. What happens when an author, our guest today, Liz Keller Whitehurst, who has written an exciting book, Messenger, that hadn't found its publishing home? The clock was ticking, the author got itchy, and she began to wonder, maybe there's another way. Liz had her book read and recorded professionally with gorgeous sound accompaniment and released it by episode as a series of podcasts. And the world started to listen and listen and listen some more. Our author realized that she had discovered a way that Messenger was perhaps meant to be released to the world. Its widespread popularity translated to over a thousand downloads immediately it became a phenomenon. And then Warner Publishing had the wisdom to realize that many readers still want to hold a beautiful book in their hands. And that's when Messenger was transformed once again. Welcome, Liz Whitehurst. Great to have you with us. Diane, thank you so much. And I want to congratulate you on your your swerve to... um, talking about and interviewing people about book dreams. What a great thing. Right? Um, And here we are. The last time we spoke, um, it was actually around Christmas, Christmas time. Now it's Passover, Passover and Easter weekend. Um, And just congratulations that the book is out with this beautiful, evocative color. We both used um, the wonderful, um, you know, team uh, to record our books and but I'm holding and it's very exciting trembling my hand the book messenger Liz Um, you know this this idea that you can't judge a book by yeah it's wonderful Uh, this idea that you can't judge a book by its cover it comes from the olden days when books were covered in the same leather Uh, you couldn't judge a book by the cover Uh, now you can because there's beautiful artwork and on yours we see um, a mysterious person who's facing away speaking to a young woman on the streets of look that look like Lower East Side Manhattan, graffiti sprayed on the walls of the buildings, um, and and we see something between these two people, a connection. I wondered for you, what does your cover say? For you, the author, um, is there an immediacy that resonated with you, and what were you hoping to say with the cover? That is exactly what I was hoping to say, Diane, was connection. Um, And 
that there is something going on between these two characters. It's hard to identify because the um, character in the foreground is, as you said, facing the young woman. So we just see the back of her. It could, we really don't know for sure um, if it's a, a man or a woman, but it, it, is, um, it is a character, character that has weight. I mean, there's, there is um, substance there. Um, and the young character seems caught a bit unaware, but but almost mesmerized by um, this encounter. So mm-hmm. since the theme of the book, one of the main themes that I hope the book um, brings is how connected we are to each other, whether we um, know each other or not, that connection already exists between all people um, and, and all beings. So um, I was really thrilled with the cover. We worked very hard on it to get it just so. And um, I love to the red, you know, the use of the red, which is a theme color throughout, throughout the novel too. So I was very happy with the cover. And we ha- we see the little scrap of paper. The title messenger is uh, across a piece of white paper. And that's because yeah. in the book, um, a, a plain old woman delivers messages on scraps of paper that people pick up on the street randomly. Uh, and they, ch- they change people's lives. Um, it's messages that, um, you know, like a fortune cookie, uh, where you you look at it, you look at it twice, and you say, "Oh my word, this 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 is really what's happening with me." Um, you know, how does she know? And it kind of subverts the idea about you know where messages come from. Um, is it anointed places like you know the Bible or tablets of stone or or cave drawings, or is it graffiti? Is it um, slips of paper? Uh, so I, w- I was hoping that you, as the author, would give us a flavor for Messenger and her role. Um, if you would be so kind to to bring us into her composition, her composition notebook, um, another prosaic, commonplace uh, thing, but you, it's where it's where her ideas were and and how she introduces herself. So I wonder if you'd be willing to introduce Messenger to us. Oh, I would be delighted, Diane. Here we go. Messenger's composition book. Call me Messenger. Don't be afraid. Don't be anxious or worried. Everything's going to be okay. You want to know, know, know. Want me to write it all down. Well, I like to write. Ooh, I love this notebook. Lots of clean blank pages. They smell so good. You think you're pinning me down, honey, but you're in for a surprise. Everybody is. Oh, well, if it'll make you happy, here goes. You want to understand what's going on here, what I've been trying to do. Well, you know how in books or stories, writers will use lots of symbols instead of saying what they really mean. Something stands for something else. This won't be like that. I'm going to tell you what's what. Don't expect too much. Look, you can't figure it all out no matter how hard you try. Let's just say the swerves a hint, a wink, a little nudge along the right path. 
doesn't matter how much you wish for it or want to get it over with, depending on your temperament, doesn't matter. Until the time is right, no amount of fretting or sweating will make it come. So don't begin that game at all. Your message will arrive when it's good and ready. Okay, let's put it another way. You know that message everybody's been waiting for their whole lives? They look for it in the mail, email, text, letter, in every book or magazine they've ever read, on billboards and other spaces. Well, I bring that message. That's my job. It's up to me. That's why I came. It comes through me for you. When you least expect it, when you give up and stop looking, that's when you'll get it. It'll explain everything. Answer those questions that wake you up in the night in a cold sweat, turning, longing, watching the hours tick by. So here you go. It's such a resonant uh, concept with the idea of messenger and messiah and not to be diminishing at all about the concept of Messiah, um, but here we are in, in Passover Easter weekend, and, you know, I checked the word. It's an Arabic word. It's used by both Arab Christians and Muslims. The anointed, the traveler, the one who cares yeah. by, by caressing. Um, and, and let's not forget, you know, even in the, in the Judeo-Christian tradition, Jesus was a common man. He was a carpenter. Um, so, you know, the way that this has become kind of like a full-blown uh, phenomenon. And here is Messenger. She's kind of deconstructing some of the mythology and saying maybe each of us is a messenger for one another. Maybe we are able to provide the words that we need to hear uh, and receive messages of, of love and support from one another. Um, you know, I, I really, this is why I think, you know, messenger has like a real life, right? She's living on the Lower East Side yeah. of Manhattan. Okay. And how did you yeah. come to meet her or create her? Well, Diane, you, this is so interesting because what you just described was really uh, the journey of my thought process and in, in my creative process in working with Messenger. Um, I wanted a Messenger. At first, though, I wasn't sure. Is Messenger going to be supernatural? which I like to write, read books about that sort of thing. Is she going to be an angel? You know, what, what is going on? Um, how, how does this all happen? But then it, it seemed to me that it was so important for her to be flesh and blood human being. Yes, maybe with some talent and um, training that the, you know, run-of-the-mill normal person doesn't have. But she is a human, and as we learn as the book goes on, she lives, eats, breathes, bleeds, just like the rest of us. So I thought that that was so important, uh, particularly in this time, um, because the connection that we talked about that's so important, but also between all beings, but also, therefore, the fact that we can all be messengers for each other. 
Mm -hmm. And she interacts uh, with Alana, who is a journalist and and maybe a skeptic or slightly cynical. Yeah. And this is this is also really interesting. I mean, inside this sort of um, spiritual element is like a real life story, right? Like you're on the streets of the Lower East Side in the coffee shop. And what was going on in your life at that time when you might have been looking for a message of hope? Oh, well, that is really where the Seeds of Messenger began way back in 2013, quite a long time ago now. Um, I needed um, an answer. I needed an answer to a very difficult situation, probably the hardest situation I've ever faced in my life. My daughter was very ill, and we were having trouble getting any kind of diagnosis for her symptoms. She was in college up in New York, and um, she needed help. And so I went up, and, um, you know, we found some doctors to work with with her um, on this situation. But while she was in class, she was still going to college, I would just walk the streets of um, really in in Messenger's neighborhood because Mm -hmm. that's where we were staying and just look in people's faces wondering, are you wishing, hoping, praying for the answer for a message that's going to change your life and, you know, solve whatever problem you're facing. And then also, I just wished with all my being that there could be someone who would just walk up to me, give me the diagnosis we needed for her, and all would be well. All did end up being well in the end, P.S., thank God. Mm-hmm. But um, that's where the idea began. Mm-hmm. And I wonder if we aren't... <laughs> If we aren't all in that position right now where we're we're just at a loss to explain yeah. so many world events and so much suffering that's going on. Yeah. Um, and and I, I really, you know, I want to emphasize, though, that this read of Messenger or listening to the podcast is thoroughly entertaining. It's not like you're in the bog. You you are in a place of hey, you know, I've had experiences like that where a stranger has said something to me that made all the difference um, in my day or, you know, my outlook, my attitude. Um, you know, it's, we're, we're capable of transforming one another. And the, the fun thing is, is I think people realize by now that Liz and I speak to one another. We've spoken about our publishing journey um, on air as well as off. And Liz, I've been saving an article for you since the last time we were dropping in together. <laughs> <laughs> and it's called The Health Benefits of a Spiritual Life. Now, here's the, here's the definition of spirituality. Because um, it's something we've, you know, circled around in conversation. This this is described in this article by the author. An interview um, is with a person called Lisa Miller. Spirituality: a moment of deep connection with another human me- being or in nature, a feeling of awe, a time when a stranger showed up and did something for you, a time when you felt buoyed by something greater than yourself, a higher power, perhaps also nature or the universe, or even a surge of connections at a concert or a sporting event. Um, You know, like this sense of connection. Um, And we, um, you know, have like a couple of minutes before we need to take a commercial break. But 
this is kind of like what it's about, right? She she goes on to say, circling back here to, to Messenger, Lisa Miller says that one of her graduate students who did research on synchronicity found that the more open we are, the more of it we encounter in our life. We're all engaged in an ongoing discussion with life. We're all messengers for one another. And I thought to oh myself, Oh my gosh. <laughs> I thought, Liz Keller Whitehurst, I just want to ask you in the next couple of minutes, what do you have to say to that? Is there something in the air? Is something going on? I think something is going on, Diane. And I think, um, the more awake we become, Messenger talks about that, waking up to your life, not being on autopilot, the more we pay attention, the more we notice, we realize it's been there all along. We've just been asleep to it. So the higher your consciousness, the higher your level of consciousness, the more open you're going to be to the connections and to these really amazing, phenomenal experiences. I mean, it'll become an everyday thing for you. Right, exactly. That, that, that tingle that you get will become, you'll, you'll yeah. become more alive to it. Um, so I, I just, you know, I love this and, and the, oh, you know, amazing. I know I love this and, and, I, and I, of course, thought of you because you pioneered this concept with your podcast. Um, We are going to pause for a commercial break, but when we come back, we're going to talk with Liz Keller Whitehurst about the phenomenon of the podcast itself and how that was like getting little scraps of paper for thousands of people who tuned into it when the traditional publishing world had said, "Mm, I don't know if we can take a risk with this book. Uh, (laughs) You know, it's just a a perfect, a perfect metaphor. Uh, By the way, Liz, um, this whole idea of waking up, the the bottom line of this article um, is that if it's a counteract a counteraction or um, you know a way of healing even addiction and depression because the same part of the brain that's triggered when you feel synchronicity or connection with people or go to a concert and feel that deep connection with humanity that strengthens the same part of the brain that's susceptible to addiction and depression. So the idea of fascinating, right? Like brain nerds unite. This is yes. It's physiologically, it's physiologically healing. So the sense of being uplifted is a palpable real thing. And if you want to find some more of it, pick up this book messenger listen to the podcast, and listen to us as we delve into it some more with Liz Keller Whitehurst. Don't go away. We'll be right back on Dropping In. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. She Writes Press is an independent publishing company founded for women writers everywhere. Together with sister company Spark Press, serving men and women, it is both mission-driven and community-oriented. The aim is to serve writers who wish to maintain greater ownership and control of their projects while getting the highest quality editorial help possible, traditional distribution, and an in-house marketing and publicity team. In 2019, She Writes Press was named Indie Publisher of the Year. You can find out more on SheWritesPress.com. 
tune in to Melody Edmondson's The Space of the Waste radio program. This companion piece to her successful guidebook series, The Space of the Waste, focuses on body types and how to make your waist length flattering, no matter what your body type is. Guests include designers, merchandise managers, factory owners, and more. You'll also find out what accessories will complement your body shape and waist length. Tune in every Tuesday at noon Pacific Time and 3 p.m. Eastern Time on Voice America Variety. Stimulating talk gets those synapses in the brain firing really fast. All the time. The number one Internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com You are listening to Dropping In with Diane Dewey. We'd love to hear from you if you have a question or comment about the show. Send us an email to diane at dianedewey.com. That's diane at dianedewey.com. Now, back to Dropping In. Hey, everyone. We're here with Liz Keller Whitehurst, author of Messenger, a novel. It was released in 16 episodes as a podcast, beautifully recorded by Rachel Pater and co. Music by Wells Hanley. Uh, an unbelievably beautiful production. Um, you know, Liz, here we are. We're talking about how, you know, we, we are capable of speaking the words that another needs to hear through, through our empathy, but also, you know, through sharing ideas like this and communicating this way. Now your book is, is a beautiful, hardbound book. Um, tell, tell us what happened. The publishing industry. <laughs> How did this transformation take place? Warner Publishing came to you and, and, and how, did this, how did this go down? Um, I had my book ready. I have this book ready to go and to be shopped to traditional publishers with high hopes. And my agent had a, our gifted, gifted agent, April Everhart, had great plans and executed them. We got a lot of reads, but no takers. And that was in the fall, then Christmas time when nothing happens, the holidays. Um, and then you know what happened in spring 2020, COVID. And so, um, you know, the chances of, of a big publisher taking a risk on a debut author, which I was, you know, a totally unknown person with no real social media following or anything like that to offer was slim on a good day. But as far as this um, scenario with, with COVID and all the uncertainty of spring 2020, it was very grim. And so believe it or not, it was a year, it was two years ago yesterday, April 13th. It's the day before my birthday. I awoke with my own message that this book, the message of this book and this book had to get out somehow. I didn't know how I was going to do it, but it had to get out. And so my first thought was to make a blog and just release it episodically um, to give people something to look forward to. I mean, we were all in such a um, miasm of uncertainty and fear and doubt, um, you know, just to keep people company, give them something to look forward to. But after um, consulting with some creatives, um, a lot of, um, you know, people who sort of were on the pulse beat of 
um, what people wanted, which was podcasts, because, of course, you know, that was also when we got on Zoom 24-7 or, you know, whatever platform. And um, so these people said, you know, people are loving podcasts because you can multitask. You can walk. You can do the dishes, cook, um, or listen to it, you know, before you go to sleep. So um, I had one particular friend who was advising this, who was Rachel Pater, who had 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 created podcasts herself. And so she said, Liz, if you want to do it, I'll narrate it for you. And she's also a, a voice actor. And so then, and she already had her um, sort of cadre of creative wells who did the music and then um, Lance at a recording studio. Then I also was um, friendly with a young man who is a musician and had used the platform that I use, Simplecast, for the podcast, had experience creating podcasts with that, and he could do my social media work. So the team fell together in a very amazing way, and so we went for it, um, not knowing what would happen. And by summer, by July, we launched the first episode. And I wanted to do it episodically instead of dropping the whole thing, first of all, because it gave us more time, you know, to create it. But also um, just, again, to have some, to give people something to look forward to um, in the situation that we were all finding ourselves in. So the podcast was born. And it was born out of your message. Well, happy birthday to you, Liz. This is... Oh, uh, thank you. <laughs> this is really... Um, but okay, it's hard another... to believe... It, it's just yeah. been two years since yeah. that all of this has happened. So, um, dream, book dreams can come true, um, my dear listeners. Um, it, they really can. And you, you know, you were inventive. You, you were getting the perennial rejection notices like we're all every every aspiring writer is familiar with my friend is currently tacking them onto her wall um and and it it just it's part of it but you know it's really Uh interesting now that you've created this swerve right that you've created like another venue another possibility and it opened up your world right like weren't people from all over the the globe communicating with you about the podcast. Yes. And that is what is so fun about the, um, the platform we used is that you get analytics every week. So you get, you know, lots of different numbers of numbers of downloads and um, listeners and all that, but you also get a map of the world and they mm-hmm. give you numbers of listeners in different countries. So, I mean, we, the usual suspects, of course, the UK, Australia, Canada, English-speaking countries, but also people in the Philippines, Bolivia. I mean, just so many um, places that India that you would just really not expect. So that mm-hmm. was a wonderful feeling um, that you know this is getting this is getting out, you know, in ways that I never could have dreamed of. And happily enough, here we are making a podcast right now, um, which also communicates 
You know, it is a revelation when I when I look at the global statistics for dropping in. So many people in Asia, sure. China, Russia, I mean, you know, all, all people everywhere tune in um, because they're looking, you know, they're looking for something, right? A certain kind of content. Um, it, it, is, it is a really fascinating phenomenon. Um, I want to ask you, I mean, because those of us that are old enough to remember Marshall McLuhan and his message, the medium is the message, is basically what he said. Mm-hmm. Um, and, mm-hmm. you know, this, this idea of democratization that, you know, slips of paper from an anonymous source can, you know, be life-changing or certainly change your day. Um, and it, it's almost the same sort of synchronicity with, um, with podcasting. You, it's something that's available to each of us. We don't have to go through the gateway, through the gatekeepers of traditional publishing. And we're not going to decry traditional publishing because now that you've built, um, you know, fan base, for want of another word, followers, readers, um, traditional publishing said, hey, wait a minute. You know, we... We recognize now that there was a contagion, that there was messenger needed to be read, heard, and now it's it's arrived in in another format. Um, but so McLuhan says, um, you know, in a culture like ours, long accustomed to splitting and dividing all things as a mean of, means of control, it's sometimes a bit of a shock to be reminded that um, in in operational and practical fact, the medium is the message. It's any medium or technology that changes the scale of pace or pattern um, in human affairs. So reading your book as a podcast was a bit of this kind of swerve that the medium itself became the message. It shapes, um, it shapes the form of human associations and actions. It became its own kind of messenger. Do you, I mean? Was this? Did you? Did you have an understanding of this consciously beforehand, or did it evolve kind of organically as the sixteen episodes were releasing? I just know, and I've I've actually done a because there's a lot of interest in this. Like, oh well, this is a new technique for getting published, you know, and that I had some great plan or something. I, uh, you know, no, <laughs> it was completely organic. The plan was to get the, the message of the book out how it, using whatever means, just as what you were just describing. Um, but it's amazing. A synergy has definitely developed between the print form of the book and the podcast. Um, I have had, because of course, when people were listening to the podcast, they said, oh, I love this, but you know, I really like a book in my hands to read and just that tactile experience of it. I would love to have it in print form. And then people, um, I have a friend who listened to the podcast you know, read the book in print form and then went back and listened to the podcast again. So a synergy is definitely, um, and so it's not either or, sort of as you're saying, it's not a, you have to decide, is it going to be this, is it going to be that? They feed each other and um, they they have um, 
an organic life um, coexisting together and, and feeding each other in what's been a really exciting and interesting way. It's so interesting, you know, just with people that I know uh, to to get their feedback. Oh, I, you know, I really love the podcast or no, no, I really love. So it can be, it can be all things. It can, you know, so it's wonderful to have the opportunity to, um, let people dip in and out in the way that works best for them or is most meaningful. It's just really interesting. Um, I do relate to the idea of wanting to go back to the podcast, um, having read the book, uh, because it's, you, you want to hear the three, the voice, right? That like what you were reading, you, you want to hear it. um, And also this, you know, you know, it's got this beautiful evocative music, um, and I, I think that this whole, you know, I, I wonder, though, I mean, it, it really creates like another dimension. And I wondered about, um, you know, your life before writing Messenger. Um, you know, you, you, you were, um, this book is, is the 2022 Feathered Quill Book Award finalist. You were the author and creator of Messenger, a novel in six episodes, the podcast, which you launched in 2020. Your short stories have appeared in many literary magazines and journals, including Gargoyle, the Portland Review, Five Fingers Review, and Nimrod International Journal. You were a finalist in Nimrod International Journal's short story competition, and you earned an MA in English from the University of Virginia. In addition to fiction writing, Liz, you've spent your professional life writing and teaching. You've done corporate, nonprofit, and freelance writing, taught English and writing at Virginia Commonwealth University, University of Richmond, and J. Sargent Reynolds Community College. Your last teaching post was co-leader of a memoir writing class at the city jail. Um, you grew up uh, in Winchester, Virginia, and lived in Richmond for your adult life. Um, sharing your 1891 home in one of Richmond's oldest neighborhoods with your husband and your second floor writing desk overlooks the James River. Okay, so from this bio, we now understand the concept of an overnight success is not exactly (laughs) that. (laughs) It's not exactly that, right? You know, your life before this, this book, okay? How, how did it feed into the book, though? Well, I will admit, um, so many people, you know, they want to know, when they read a book, they want to know, well, what character is who in real life? <laughs> and mm-hmm. they'll say, are you messenger? And I'll say, oh, no, I'm Alana. I'm the, the frustrated writer who wants to, you know, make a name for herself and is, is impatient and, you know, doing the math of writers that she admires to when they, you know, got their big break and that sort of thing. So, it, um, you know, sharing, I guess the, the real intention of my life is to share my thoughts through writing, um, you know, with others. And mm-hmm. so... Um, we all, I think anyone who loves to write um, has that urge and has that desire. And it just, um, you know, it, it, I have had a good number of short stories published, but, you know, that elusive first book, um, just for whatever reason, 
and, and Messenger is by far not the first novel that I've written. <laughs> I have just, as you know, most writers say, I have that drawer full of all these, you know, um, not published as of yet novels. <laughs> but right. um, I guess, um, as Messenger says in the book, timing's everything in life. Mm-hmm. And um, the, when the messages are received, it's the message, but it's also the timing of the message in the person's life that makes all the difference. And so I suppose, you know, we, tr- we trust our life journey is unfolding as it is meant to. And I guess the timing was right for me. It's lovely and poetic. And I think it, also um, speaks to the question of, you know, what took you so long? Um, you know, it, it's, it's not, it, it, everything has to kind of crystallize in its own way. And you are exploring connection. You have been in a lot for a long time through writing and connecting with people through, you know, developing their writing. Um, it's something that, yeah, people who communicate, um, as we feebly try to do on the radio, um, it, it's also, you know, it, it is an exploration um, and things do have to land in their own sweet time as messengers' messages did. Um, we have to pause for a commercial break, but when we come back, we're going to continue conversing with Liz Keller Whitehurst, who's had a most interesting journey to publishing her first novel. Don't go away. We'll be right back on Dropping In. Voice America is on your favorite smart speaker. If you have Alexa or Google Home, go ahead and give us a try. Hey, Alexa, play Finding Your Frequency podcast on TuneIn. Books Forward exemplifies excellence in book marketing and promotion, representing New York Times bestsellers, national award-winning books, and books that catch fire on social media and in the digital realm. Books Forward creates ambitious campaigns with unlimited possibilities for sparking buzz while creatively cutting through the noise. Your book deserves to launch with experts who have set the bar in the industry. To learn more, visit booksforward.com or send us an email at info at booksforward.com. A JKS Communications Company. Tune in every Friday to get your weekend kickoff early. Join the legendary G. Keith Alexander for What's Hot Harlem America. The flagship show of the new Harlem America Digital Network has something for everyone. From the latest in entertainment to empowerment, health and wellness, and more, we'll bring you a variety of fresh viewpoints, voices, and ideas. What's Hot Harlem America with G. Keith Alexander can be heard every Friday at 1 p.m. in New York and 10 a.m. Pacific Time on The Voice America Variety Channel. Streaming live, the leader in Internet talk radio, voiceamerica.com. You are listening to Dropping In with Diane Dewey. We'd love to hear from you if you have a question or comment about the show. Send us an email to diane at dianedewey.com. That's diane at dianedewey.com. Now, back to Dropping In. Welcome back, everyone. We're here with Liz Keller Whitehurst, and her novel, Messenger, has dropped now in 
tangible form, Liz. It's existed now for a couple of years in the airwaves, and it seems as though it's been existing in the ether for some time. Uh, Do you have advice, and I'm sure you get asked this quite often because of your unique journey to publishing, um, do you have advice for other authors who are out there who might be listening to this thinking, am I a candidate for this kind of podcast? Is it a certain kind of content that works? Um, what, what would be your advice to someone contemplating doing what you've done? Well, I would just say, um, go for it. Um, I, I will say um, there were some elements about my novel that made it quite conducive to um, translating it to a podcast form. One is it's told from multiple narrative, using multiple narrative forms. We have, as I just read at the beginning of the show, we have, um, I guess you would call them chapters, um, that portray Messenger's composition book written in first person. We also get Alana's notebook um, in which, like a journal, where she's um, recording, you know, her thoughts. Then there are um, some chapters that are lists, some chapters Mm -hmm. that are um, emails, and then there's some more um, traditional narrative form chapters. So, and they're all fairly short. Um, and I like to write in using dialogue. So there's a lot of dialogue in Messenger. So all of those things um, added up to um, a book that had sort of um, sort of a dramatic um, sense to it built in um, versus a lot of internal dialogue, although there is some, um, or description. So I think that is one of the things that made um, this work really well. Um, I guess the other advantage that I had was having such a wonderful vocal artist voice artist Mm -hmm. in Rachel Pater, who got the book and was able to bring these characters to life. The other thing about Messenger that was really, to me, a little difficult is that there are a lot of characters in the book. They're, you know, main characters, of course, but then within this neighborhood where Messenger, you know, Liz and Alana comes to, to be with her, there are quite a few characters um, you know, with different voices. So Rachel did such an amazing job creating them, but not making it, you know, uh, affected or, or corny. Mm-hmm. So I would just eva- I would just suggest to people, you know, evaluate your book, um, maybe along these lines, and um, you know, just decide. Um, if you're if you're willing to to go this way and give it a try, give it a mm-hmm. try. Um, it's it's very. I mean, believe me, it was the last thing I would have predicted I would do. I have no um, technological skills. I never. I mean, I listen to podcasts, but creating a podcast? Are you kidding? That would have been my response, um, you know, before. But if you can get the right team, then um, it makes it 
so easy, you know, for it. A lot of work, but still um, possible to uh, create something um, that sometimes, you know, out for writers, it's outside of our, our wheelhouse. But um, mm-hmm. I would just say, I think that if, if I did have a plan or a strategy that was successful, it was this, that I wasn't going to take no for an answer. I was going to find another way. Mm-hmm. Um, and that, I think, if I had to say, is a mistake that I had made previously. I felt like, oh, I've got it. This is how a writer does it. You know, you, A, got to get an agent. B, got to get, you know, a traditional publisher, um, you know, to accept. You know, so there's only one path towards mm-hmm. you're making your book dreams come true. But um, I would just encourage everyone um, out there who is feeling discouraged, as I did so many times, and, mm-hmm. you know, on this journey and really having trouble believing anything would ever happen, just give yourself some space and time and try to find, again, speaking of synchronicities, just be mm-hmm. open to other possibilities and see what comes along. Pay attention and just see what comes along and is offered to you as an, maybe another way to making your dream come true. Excellent advice. Um, following an intuitive, an intuitive path and not taking, not taking no for an answer. It's amazing how that's implicit. Taking no for an answer is implicit in the traditional process, and refusing uh-huh. to take no is is something outside the box. Which okay, let's get outside the box because the yeah. the notion the notion of what will be said yes to is getting smaller. Um, thank goodness there. Indie yes. publishers out there, yeah. Um, I, I yeah. also I also like this advice. It's very practical advice. Is your manuscript one where there's such a dynamic character that she kind of springs off the page? There's not a lot of narrative. You know, it's not a lot of a background or narration. So maybe it does really lend itself to the podcast podcast medium. Um, because even when I ask you, Liz, to, to read from the book, um, you know, I, I, you know, before we went on air and you said, well, let's get Messenger into the room as soon as possible so that Messenger can be with us on this podcast and drop in with us. You know, it's, it's so telling as, as to how real this character is to you and, and to experience her. She has like, a, a tangible presence, a real, a real presence, and she's enjoying the fact that we're sort of spreading messages, um, you know, right now. So that, that's that's really kind yeah. of a cool. That's kind of a cool thing, right? Like we, um, you know, I don't know about you, but every morning I kind of get up and whatever I'm scrolling through, I'm kind of looking for inspo, right? I'm we're all looking for yeah. inspiration to carry us through the day, right? And, and um, yes, yes. And that's how we do it, um, get through these hard times. We, we keep our eyes open and we look, and, and we will find just the message we need. I, I, I have seen that in my life. I've seen it in your life. I've seen it in many, many people's lives. So mm-hmm. it's real. It's real. And it's not about um, necessarily, you know, a pre- preparation and, and, and doing and all of that. But yeah, being open, being receptive, what's going to land 
um, is going to surprise you. It may surprise you. Um, you know, Usually and it, it will. Uh-huh. And, Usually um, it will. Yeah, because it's it's not the it's not the beaten path. Um, there's also uh, a person called James Hillman, who was an American psychologist. Um, he studied at the C.G. Young Institute in Zurich, so there's a lot of synchronicity there. But uh, one of the things that he talked about um, is something called archetypical psychology, and it it's about the fact that archetypes are are sort of these like the deepest patterns of our psychic functioning are are archetypes. So, you know, the, the hero's journey is an archetype. The the goddess is, a, is an archetype. The warrior is an archetype. Um, and these archetypical, um, you know, beings are, are kind of like polytheistic is what I've, I've just been reading um, in looking this up for, you know, to, to talk about, um, you know, this, this subject with you. And the polytheistic is, is that there's goddesses, gods, demigods in mortals, animals, and shapes that are, you know, these are like psychological beings. They're not necessarily deity beings. They're, they're like everywhere. Um, we yeah. can get that, 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 that messenger is one of these archetypes. Um, were you aware of that when you were creating her? Um, I am familiar with archetypes, and I um, I would definitely agree with that. I think she would be, um, well, the messenger is an archetype, um, or the seer, you know, um, the prophet, because she talks about the swerve that's going to change everything that she sees you know, that she's working towards creating this um, on planet Earth. Um, she really came to me, and this is getting back to who is Messenger, she really came as a full-blown character. Um, she is not based on anyone that I know, that I'm aware of. Um, now, archetypes can be unconscious, too, of course. But um, so it wasn't like I was, was sketching someone that I knew or had experienced a lot of her teachings um, and the things that she shares with um, Alana um, are based on a lot of the spiritual readings and seeking that I have done in my life. And then I guess that that has all been woven together to create, you know, messenger to create this character but it really is, and it sounds a little woo-woo, but it, she is a, a character that sort of appeared mm-hmm. and um, started talking. <laughs> yeah. So it's, it's one of the, anyone who writes understands what I'm talking about. Um, she, she came to me with a message. She, she had a lot she wanted to say. So cool. And does she have more that she wants to say? Is Messenger going to reappear and give us more messages? Uh, What's next, Liz? Well, thank you so much for that segue. I think she may. Um, We, I am actually um, working on a sequel um, and hoping that that will be, or trying it. That's the best way to put it. Um, I'm trying it. I'm trying to see if, if it wants to be a sequel. We kind of ended the book um, intentionally that it could stand alone. 
And then, you know, the questions that are left in the book, the reader can um, solve in, in his or her own um, imagination. Or there could be a sequel that would delve back into the questions like, um, what about Messenger and her daughter? What about Alana and her father? Um, and just other questions, you know, what about the watchers? What about this, whatever this structure is that Messenger and um, Jackie are a part of, what is going to be changed in that now that Messenger has left? So anyway, we shall see, but I am playing with it. I do love the characters so much, and um, I'm enjoying being back in their world again and seeing what's going to happen because I really don't know. (laughs) Wonderful. Well, we're in suspense and we'll come along with you. I'd love to even visualize her. I'd love to see it be a series, but you know, uh, we'll, we won't get ahead of ourselves just for now. We're so grateful to you, Liz Keller Whitehurst for dropping in with us with your swerve, the unpredictable <laughs> swerve um, that you've, you've experienced and sharing your experience with us. We really, really appreciate it. Thank you for being here. Thank you, Diane, so much. Thank you. There's uh, ways to reach Liz, um, twitter.com, there's messenger underscore novel, Facebook, Liz Keller Whitehurst, and Instagram. So um, last week, we, we read from... The Wasteland, April is the cruelest month, but I thought I'd just share the final final stanza so that we can see where we land. Um, the, the ending of T.S. Eliot's poem is, and right action is freedom from past and future also, the life of significant soil. So we just got there with um, Liz Keller Whitehurst, and um, it's just been a wonderful uh, mini journey to, to do that. Thanks also to our engineers, Matt Widener and Aaron Keller, to Ryan Treasure, to our executive producer, Robert Cialino, and most of all, to you, our listeners. Remember to stay safe and look out for messages. Happy Easter, happy Passover. Until next week, thank you for dropping in. Thank you so much for dropping in. Please join Diane Dewey again next Friday at 8 a.m. Pacific Time and 11 a.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. We'll see you then. 